is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. All right, we are back on the Michigan Sports Network. This is not the huge one. This is, well, I'm bigger than Bill, but don't tell him that. This is Jeff Risen from the Lions Wire, Detroit Lions podcast. I'm bigger than most people. I'm, I'm not a small guy. Uh, filling in for huge today. He's off uh, enjoying the nice weather outside. Uh, we are back talking a little bit of Lions, and we're going to, you know what? We're going we're gonna to bring the guests on right away because uh, this guy, friend of mine, Colleague of mine, um, people like to play us off as competitors, but neither one of us see it that way. We love like talking and hanging. So uh, Jeremy Reisman, the producer, new title for uh, the Pride of Detroit, <laughs> is joining us now. And Jeremy, thanks for joining me. And uh, maybe you can help me out on this a little bit. I'm conflicted. Like we got the highest scoring offense. That's great. We got the <laughs> yeah. worst defense. That's awful. Like. Where's where should I feel? How, how where where's your balance on that? Well, I, I guess having one good thing is better than having zero good things, which I feel like is is pretty much how we felt in Detroit for a very long time. So I guess on that end, I, I feel okay, and I, I think I'm one of the rare people that still believe Aaron Glenn is a very good football coach and a very smart football coach. So I think. I feel actually kind of okay, at least compared to where I think most Lions fans are, because there's been a lot of doom and gloom in the past 48 hours. Well, you lose to Seattle in the manner that they did, and that's going to happen. Uh, Geno Smith sure. lights you up. But uh, uh, I, I've come up with some things that I think may be able to help fix the defense. Do you have any like great ideas of how Aaron Glenn can prove to you that, that you're right, that he is, in fact, a good football coach? Well, I, I think the things he has to answer for are being a good play caller, um, because again, that's that's pretty new for him, right? Like the reason why he got the all the acclaim that he got is because he's a good position coach. He's a he's a guy who can make players better at the position at their position, specifically in the secondary. And I think that is his strong suit. Play calling still is, is a big question mark for him. And I think the problem that really showed up on on Sunday against the Seahawks was predictability. Um, this is a team that's been very, very aggressive on third down, and everyone knows it's coming. And so Geno Smith said after the game, like, yeah, I checked out of a couple plays into that draw play that, that you know, gained 16 or that went for 26 on a third and 16. And, and so I, I think he just needs to do a better job of mixing things up because this is a team that has, I, is, I think, is in man coverage more so than anyone else. They're blitzing at a top five rate. And so I, I understand some of that is just dealing with limitations. You know, you can't really trust your secondary to cover for five seconds. So you need to get pressure somehow. And the front four isn't doing it on its own. Um, so there's a little bit of desperation in what he's doing. But even then, you can mix it up a little bit. And I think that's what he needs to do. 
Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining us here on the Huge Show. Uh, you, you brought up, you know, he's new to the play calling. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go off off schedule here a little bit. He's a guy. Aaron Glenn is a guy that's had head coaching interviews and has brought up a lot as a guy who's going to be a head coach at some point. And this is a conversation you and I have had this conversation like off the air, like behind the scenes. The the coaching role of being a head coach is very different. Like being a good coordinator does not necessarily equate that you're going to be a good head coach. Um, do you see in his case that maybe not being a good defensive coordinator doesn't necessarily mean he won't be a good head coach? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and that's exactly what I've kind of been thinking behind the scenes and, and kind of developing my own theory on that because, yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, you look at Dan Campbell, and I know he's better X's and O's than, than most people give him credit for, but he's delegating those things because he's a good motivator, because he's a good guy that, that, that can get the right people in the right places. And, yeah, I think Aaron Glenn could very much still be a head coaching candidate if teams are willing to look past some of the defensive performances. And I, that's really the big question, right, is how many – you know, general managers and owners out there are, are willing to look beyond some of that um, surface level stuff. And I know maybe Lions fans don't think having a horrible defense is surface level stuff, um, but but you're right in that being a head coach is is much more about you know team camaraderie and 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 hiring the right people. And I'm telling you, Aaron, Aaron Glenn's a smart guy, and and if he can find someone he trusts to call the defense and, and develop weekly game plans and, and call the plays. Um, where you know he recognizes his own weakness, and another thing that Dan Campbell is is very capable of doing is recognizing his own weaknesses and and letting someone else take care of that. And I, I think Aaron Glenn would probably be the same kind of person there. So yeah, I think I, I don't want to say no matter what happens this year on the defensive side of the ball, I think Aaron Glenn is still a head coach. But uh, I don't think so far anything has done and anything has really decreased his chances overall. Um, if, at least if, in my mind, as as being a, a viable head coaching candidate. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you on that. That's it, it's it's a conversation we're going to have to keep entertaining, and you know we're going to have to have, to have it about Deuce Staley, um, the assistant head coach, at some point. Um, that's the good side of the ball right now. Let's let's talk about the offense for a little bit. It's humming along, man. Forty five points. You're going to win like ninety nine point seven percent of your games if you score forty five points. They did it without Amon Ra. They did it did it without uh, uh, DJ Shark. They did it without DeAndre Swift. Um, first off, you're, you've been in the, in the building. What's the general mood on any of those guys coming back for week five? And also just like, my God, how do they keep finding ways to replace these guys like <laughs> on the fly and, and succeeding? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of that credit, I think, goes to Ben Johnson. But to answer your first question there on, on who might be back this week, I, I feel like Swift is, is pretty firmly out if, I, you know, if I'm reading things correctly there. Right. Um, there's, there's really no reason to rush him back at this point. And you know, they, they got that bye week next week. So I think they're, you know, with an ankle sprain, you, you want to give that as much rest as you possibly can. And obviously the Lions running game has been pretty darn good with Jamal Williams. So no reason to rush him back there. Um, Amon Rod to me is, is more of a toss up at this point because one, that dude's a beast and he's going to he's going to do everything he can to be out there on the field. And, and it just seems like his, his injury is, is maybe a little less severe. Um, but to, to go to how they keep making it work. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to decrease Jared Goff's, uh, you know, role in all of this because he's doing a great job kind of. He's been good, man. Along. He, he's been good. And, and I think maybe one of the most surprising things about his game is um, being able to navigate the pocket because that was something he was just got awful at last year. And even the first couple 
games of this season, I was like, yeah, he's still trying to do that spin thing that isn't working and Ugh. taking maybe some unnecessary sacks. But he's gotten out of a couple messes here and, and kept his eyes downfield and, and made a couple big plays there. So, um, you know, I, I do think the Lions' offensive skill positions are just a little bit deep. I mean, a lot deeper than they were last year. They're basically dealing with what they were dealing with last year. And now Jared Goff kind of has that rap, you know, that rapport with, with guys like Khalif Raymond, with guys like Josh Reynolds, with guys like Quintus Sivas, even though he suffered an injury. And, and in, a, in a lot of ways, TJ Hawkinson just kind of fills the void left by Amon Ra as that guy that he can trust up the middle to throw it at, 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 any, at any point in any play. So um, it, it's really remarkable. And, and really the thing I, I go back to on, on Sunday is, there were so many times in that game where it's just like, oh, okay, well, this is this is where the game blows open, right? You know, oh, Jared Goff throws a, a pick six. Well, game's over. Now they're going to lose by 20. Oh, that, you know, the, the refs make them redo a third down and they score a touchdown that, well, the game's over. Well, it was never over. The Lions offense kept them in that game. They kept bringing them back to the brink. And if they recover that onside kick, which they were pretty darn close to, they probably win that game. So uh, it's it really kind of remarkable. Yeah, it was, it's it's remarkable how much the offense kept them in that game in the business in a game they probably had no business in staying in. Yeah, and and you know you see like you have your your quick kicker making his Detroit debut, missing two extra <laughs> points. Um, his onside kick was actually pretty nice, and uh, the officials um, it was so nice that the officials threw a flag even though there wasn't a penalty on it. Have you ever seen a game <laughs> where two flags have been waved off by the referee? That that was crazy to me. Yeah, that was bizarre, and it, it took a long discussion. They took long discussions about everything, and in in some ways, I almost prefer that because, like, listen, you have a discussion. If if someone throws a, fra- a flag and you go up to him and says, "I didn't see it that way," and you have a discussion and get the call right, sure, fine, that's great. Um, but when it happens four or five times a game, it's just like, okay, it, it feels like this. You know, this officiating staff has never actually officiated a game together. What's what's going on? There's there's no cohesion. Everyone is seeing the game differently, and and then by the time, you know, that, that third down redo thing happens, it's just like, okay, the wheels are falling off here. Someone needs to get it together and, and, and make this game hum along. Yeah, I still don't understand what all happened there. And the explanation that we got from referee Clay Martin just did, did, didn't, didn't, didn't do it for me. Uh, but uh, hopefully we won't, we won't see him again for a while. Um, and, and Seahawks games with the Lions, as we know, always have a little bit of controversy. Remember 2015 and K.J. Wright betting the ball out of the back of the end zone. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, now, we're, now we're both shaking in anger. Uh, Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joining me. Uh, Jeremy, uh, we, we, can, we heard this week Levi Anzarike doesn't sound like Dan Campbell expects him to be back anytime soon. What's your read on the situation there? Uh, I have my theories, but you, you've been in the building. I haven't been in the building since uh, the, the final day of training camp. So I, I'm curious what your vibe pulses on, on what's going on with Levi Owen. And also if there's any thought on, on what's going on with Josh, pa- Josh Pascal, it sounds like his clock's going to get started. So we maybe have a, a good news, bad news type situation there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when the question was brought up about Levi, you could just, you could see Dan take like a big sigh and he wanted he, to say more. Did he not? He, yeah. It, it seemed like it. Um, but it, he's just, it, I don't know if he's tired of talking about it or he's just frustrated by the whole situation or depressed by the whole situation, but it is not good. And I, I keep telling Lions fans that at, at this point, anything that you get out of Levi, one single game you get out of Levi is above expectations at this point. Um, because I think, you know, back injuries are what they are. And considering the Lions started really optimistic this off season about where he was, about how he was getting his strength back and how that immediately 
immediately when it went it went away when he gets injured on the first day of padded practice, um, and just no movement since, just no improvement since then. It's been what? It's been it's been six three, weeks three, three since months? then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were we were there. Like like, how did he, we didn't even see the mechanism for how he got hurt. He just sort of like wandered off after a rep. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so I I mean I I don't want to call a guy's career a year and a half in, but but like I said, I I just think expectations at this point are you're not going to see that guy for a very long time, maybe not ever. Like I I, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't expect him to play this season and. With a back injury that that seems so easily reaggravated at this point, um, anything you get out of that guy is, is, is a bonus at this point. But um, to bring it to Josh Passel, it does seem like it's it's headed in a in a really good direction there. Um, Dan Campbell said, you know, he pretty much expects to activate him this week. We'll see him practice tomorrow um, if things go as planned. And then, yeah, the Lions have that 21 day window then to to decide whether to activate him or shut him down for the season. No reason to expect that they're going to shut him down for the season. They could certainly use the help on the defensive front. Um, but he did say on the radio this morning that it's probably going to be a couple weeks. They're not just going to throw him in there, which makes sense. He hasn't practiced since OTAs. He's a rookie. <laughs> There's a lot for him to learn in a very small amount of time to get him ready. So, um, you know, I maybe circle that, that Dolphins game right after the Cowboys game is maybe his first one. I, I can live with that. You know, that that's progress. By then we'll have John Kaminsky back. We could actually have a, a, a full defensive line at some point. That'd be, that'd be nice. Ryan, right, that, I mean, that was the whole idea, right? It, it, a lot, I know um, Brett Holmes has come under a lot of fire, but the, 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 I think the plan was solid. He, he built up a, a really strong, deep defensive line. It's just he seemed to ignore some of those injury issues that, that have now started to bite him. And he's also gotten unlucky. I mean, Romeo's injury is, is unlucky. And um, I would even say Pascal's injury is maybe a little bit unlucky, even though that's a re-aggravation from something he was dealing with at Kentucky. So a um, little bit of bad luck, but hopefully by the end of the season we, we get to see what maybe the full picture looked like, but that's of course uh, assuming that everyone else stays healthy until then, and, and we know that's probably not going <laughs> to happen. That, that just hasn't happened, and, and losing Tracy Walker was such a devastating blow. Uh, he, he was, if, if for those of you who don't like pay attention to the secondary as much, except when they're getting beat, Tracy was the glue guy. Like he was the guy that made sure yeah. that everybody was where they needed to be. Um, and now you're asking Kirby Joseph and, and like Deshaun Elliott, that's not really what he does. Um, he's good at what he does, but that's not what he does. So that that's a yeah. loss. Um, I'm curious. I haven't broken down Kirby's game yet. What did what did you see from the rookie in his first start there? Yeah, I, I, I think it was actually mostly positive. And I know most line channels good. probably just remember that that first drive where um, that was know, not he, good. He gives, up the, he gives up the touchdown. But even in that play itself, like he's in the right position. It's just, I think it's just a, a, you know, a learning lesson, like when to put your arms up and, and, and look for the ball. He even turned his head on that play too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's starting to settle in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's going to be a while. There's still a lot of communication breakdowns. I think him and Amani had, had a play where, where one of them was wrong. It's hard to, to really know without knowing the play call there. But with so many kind of cycling names through the secondary, the, the, the communication, like you said, not having Tracy Walker there as the, as the clue. And I even asked Deshaun Elliott yesterday, like, who's going to step up and kind of be that, that vocal guy in the secondary to, to, to be almost like the, the, the quarterback of, of the defense? And he didn't say, well, not me, but he also kind of said not me because he's more, you know. Yeah, that's, that's not what he does. <laughs> Right. It, it seems like there's a lot of guys on this defense who are really the lead by example type, which is great. Like you can have those kind of guys, but you need a vocal guy. And I just don't know who it is right now, anywhere on that defense, let alone just the secondary. So I think that's something that 
the Lions really they, they really need kind of this vocal, passionate guy. And I, I, maybe it's Michael Brockers, but the way he's been playing on the field, I'm not sure he's going to be out there on the field much longer. Any anyway, so I hope not, man. He's been bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, and and that's another thing. Dan Campbell let slip this this morning that that John Kaminsky, their their undrafted uh, rookie guy on uh, defensive tackle. Sounds like he's going to get activated this week, and, and instead of being an inactive for the first four weeks, so maybe he brings a little spark to uh, the interior pass rush that has basically been gone um, since I don't know, not making two days. That, that, um, that's so. uh, that's encouraging. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, um, there's a lot of people that bug you and I both. Sign Sue. Uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. No, uh, they don't have the money. Uh, Sue probably doesn't have much interest in coming to a one and three team at this point in his career. Uh, not not a good fit at all. Yeah, uh, but that's you know that that that's the fun part of our job is is answering the questions that uh, are fairly easily shot down. Talking with Jeremy Reisman here from Pride of Detroit. This is Jeff Risen with Lions Wire, and uh, people like to to pit us against each other because we work for uh, <laughs> technically rival sites. Uh, I don't see it that way. I, I think there's plenty of, of room in the world for, for both of us and all of the, the great people that cover the Lions. Uh, wanted, to, wanted to get no your opinion on something. Jamison Williams, just yeah. how much is his I, – I expect him to return. My thought is, is he will be back for the Dallas game. Um, if not, then, then certainly Miami after that. Just how much? How much do you think he brings, and and how much do we see of him right away? Do they do they spoon feed him in, or do they you know throw him out there and say, hey, defend this guys? Yeah, it's an interesting question because you know Dan was talking about all those guys on the reserve injury list, and he he almost skipped over Jamison in a way where it was just, I, a lot of people were wondering, like, is he is he not going to be back right away? And I, I think it might be a little bit later than than you're expecting, but not much. Okay. Like I, I think I think. Early November, maybe towards Thanksgiving, I, I think is realistic. There, they, they've really been taking their time with him, but you know we're, we're all starting to see the Instagram videos of him cutting. And even before Sunday's game, he was out there cutting on the on at Ford Field a little bit. So I, I think he's getting very, very close. As to his immediate impact, like I, I mean, I'm, I, it's hard to imagine an offense that's scoring, you know, an average of thirty-five points a game reaching another level. But he he can really do so much. The Lions really haven't connected on a lot of deep shots yet. And so he obviously brings that to the table. And once they start hitting on that, well then now the defense is going into two deep shells and there's going to be a ton of stuff open up underneath, which means you're, you're getting Amon Ra and, and, and TJ involved. And it's, it's taking people out of the box, which means your, your running game is getting even better than it is. So, I, I mean, he really rises all boats when he's out there. And obviously a lot of this is all, it really all of it is theoretical at this point. Um, but once him and, and golf kind of get on the same level, which might take some time, right? Like, right. The, the guys haven't, they, they haven't thrown at each other at full speed yet, period. Um, so that's why, you know, I think, I think they'll probably take it a little bit slow once they activate him, maybe not give him a full set of reps every, every single week. But um, I, I really, it, there's a reason why they spent so much draft capital all, on this guy because he really does make everyone around him better. Yeah, and I I, I kind of like the idea of having him debut against Buffalo on Thanksgiving at home. That 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 I like. That'd that. be great. That that that's yeah. fun. Uh, get you out of here on this last question. We got the Patriots this week, and there are still quite a few guys who were coached by their offensive. He's not their coordinator, but Matt Patricia runs their offense. How's the sense in the building of the guys who were here during that time? Is there like extra incentive? Are they like chomping at the bit to get back at him or, 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 you know, just the general vibe of the guys, like 
Tracy Walker's obviously out, but like there's guys that were here when he was here and now he's gone and they're very happy that he's gone. Is is that like a big thing for them this week or are they trying to downplay that? I think they're going to try to downplay it mostly. Um, there, there really isn't as many uh, leftovers as, as probably you'd think. Um, I, I think you're right that Tracy Walker would probably be the, the he would be the most that most likely to try to rub it in. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, he won't get that opportunity. But um, but yeah, no, I think the the Lions I, they they really try to avoid talking about that um, that era as much as possible, and and not in a way that's that's necessarily disrespectful or, or trying to ignore what happened, but um, almost in a way that's just like yeah, we're we're past that, like. We're, we don't want to be petty. We 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 have our own identity now. We don't need to identify ourselves as, as people who were, you know, mistreated by this regime. We're, we're we're treated fine now, and that's what's important. So let's focus on the here and now. And and I think that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, you know, behind the scenes, there are definitely some guys that are like, we got to stick to this guy, like a hundred percent. Like you don't forget about someone who. I mean, l- let's be honest. This guy ruined some some NFL players' careers, and and some absolutely that, that have have absolutely not recovered from it since. So. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be some undercurrent uh, with with a few of these guys, but I think for the most part they're going to downplay it all week. Yeah, that's that. that yeah, that, that's certainly burning the soul. And and by the way, uh, the Patriots did just sign Jamie Collins today, so uh, old old friend that we can uh, like. And he's replacing Jelani Tavai in the lineup in New England. It's it's like we're, we're living the same nightmare all over again. <laughs> Jeremy, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for joining me. Jeremy Reisman from Pride to Detroit. Please check his stuff out. He's got a very talented staff of writers under him. Uh, I'm personally a huge fan of Alex Reno. I love that guy. Um, keep cranking out the good time, content, and I will see you soon, uh, perhaps next week, um, before the bye, we get out of here. So uh, thanks for joining me, Jeremy. Um, yeah, no problem, Jeff. Appreciate you reaching out. Jeremy Reisman from Pride to Detroit. Giving us a little bit of lowdown on what's going on with the Detroit Lions. Uh, some optimism there. A little bit of darkness, too, with uh, some of the, the injuries that are going on. But uh, always good to talk to Jeremy. When we come back on the huge show across Michigan, uh, from the, the lovely 96-1 The Game Studios here in Grand Rapids, where we're originating from, you're hearing us all over the state. We're going to talk a little bit more Lions. We will uh, also talk a little bit more about the Patriots in depth with uh, Mark Schofield, a uh, good old friend of mine. If you know me, you know Mark very well. Uh, you will want you will want to tune in for that. So uh, stay tuned. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. And punting for bucks is your chance to win premium play. $15,000 cash and a 2023 Polaris Ranger. Drawings are every Saturday in October, 7 to 11 p.m. And on October 29th, one winner drives off in a new Polaris Ranger with a $5,000 Cabela's gift card. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. 
Auto Value is a large Midwest-based company committed to the values of honesty and integrity in everything we do. From Detroit to Madison, Chicago to Marquette, when you shop at your local Auto Value Auto Parts store, you'll be assured of quality, service, and a huge selection of name brand products. And all available in-store or online at myautovaluestore.com. And as a convenience, we offer same-day in-store pickup or convenient ship-to-home service. Now that's Auto Value. And thank you for shopping locally. Huge here for the Telemore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Now they're still looking for four-person teams for their annual Ironman tournament this Saturday at St. Ives. Challenging hole placements paired with food and beverage stations throughout the course. This is one of the best golf events of the year, and it's a thank you to all the great men and women who golf at the Telemore Golf Resort. So uh, get a foursome in. It's 90 bucks per golfer, 360 per foursome. That includes food and beverages. Uh, go to TullymoreGolf.com. Uh, you can call and reserve your foursome. I'll be playing in that event on Saturday. It happens at uh, St. Ives. They put the tees back, challenging pin placements, and like I said, food and beverages throughout the course. So get a foursome in today, 90 bucks a golfer, 360 a team, cool prizes and everything. Easiest way, uh, you'll get the phone number. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show across Michigan. I am not the huge one. This is Jeff Risen from Lions Wire and Detroit Lions Podcast sitting in for Bill today while he enjoys the nice weather outside. Hopefully he's doing something fun. Probably on the golf course. If I know, if I know Bill, I know he's on the golf course somewhere right now. Uh, team up and hit him straight, buddy. Let's get back into talking some more football. Uh, we're going to branch a little away from the Lions now, and we're going to talk a little bit more about their opponent this coming week, the New England Patriots, with my good old friend Mark Schofield. Mark just recently left Touchdown Wire. He's now with SB Nation. Um, I misidentified that earlier. That's my bad. But Mark, uh, Mark is one of the smartest people I know. He knows quarterbacks better than anybody. So we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna pick Mark's brain here a little bit on uh, on what's going on in the land of uh, Bill Belichick. So Mark, thanks for joining me. Uh, good to have you on. Oh, Jeff, always excited to chat football with you. Always fun. I'm very excited to talk about Bailey Zappi. And if you would have told me, Jeff, there was a pitcher floating around during that game on Sunday that had the caption, starting Patriots quarterback Bailey Zappi sits down with his offensive team and staff of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. If you would have shown me oh my that caption a year ago, like this time last year, it said, this is what's in your future. I'm not sure how I would have reacted, but it was not going to be a positive one. But that's where we are right now with Bailey Zappi being coached by Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. There we are, Patriots fan. That's uh, that is the thing of nightmares, and you know, I, I, I instantly feel better about Detroit already. Um, tell me though, like Bailey Zappi, like this is a guy I actually saw him play in person at Michigan State last year. Like, there's some talent there, and and I think we saw a little bit of that in their game against the Packers. Tell me what you saw from from Mr. Zappi. Yeah, and, and we could start with that Michigan State game because I remember studying that game, and I'm like, I, look, Western Kentucky lost that game, and you know we know that. 
Michigan State got out to a big lead, but he kept slanting it in that game. He had some throws late in that game that I thought were impressive. He obviously set a season single season record for touchdown passes last year, breaking a record set by Joe Burrow a couple of years ago with that magical run he had in you know twenty nineteen with LSU. Certainly not the most athletic quarterback, but moves well with his feet, very accurate, makes a lot of quick decisions. And when the Patriots made the decision to draft him on the third day of the draft last year, it instantly trapped in my mind as a decision that did not surprise me in the least, was one that I kind of expected them to make that they would draft a quarterback anyway. And that Bailey Zappi was kind of their prototype at the position with what they tend to appreciate and look for at that position. Quick decisions, accuracy, ball placement. He's kind of the quintessential Patriots quarterback. And I thought... Even though they lost that game and they obviously leaned into the run game when he came into the game, was probably something that they were going to do anyway with Brian Hoyer getting the start before he went out to injury. I thought he comported himself pretty well given the situation. You're on the road, didn't have a ton of practice time. You've got Aaron Rodgers on the other sideline sort of staring you down, and he made some reads and throws in that game I thought were impressive. He had the touchdown, although I know there was a delay game penalty that could have been called that wasn't, but I thought he played pretty well given the situation, and I was somebody that I kind of liked coming out of Western Kentucky to begin with. Yeah, and uh, I, I was the I, I can't stand Brian Hoyer. I'm, I'll be upfront about that. I can't I can't fathom how he's still employed. He's lost his last 17 starts. I guess it's now 18 because they technically lost, uh, and, and he was the the quarterback of record in that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned at how he's going to pick apart a Lions defense. But uh, let, let's let's get to a little bit of the receiving core. They've made some changes in New England. How how is the passing offense working? How is Matt Patricia and Joe Judge the the dungeon of doom that they are uh, making this thing work for, for under Belichick. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, Jeff. I don't know if like they're really making it work. So to speak, I think they're honestly still trying to figure out what they have in the passing game. And it's, you know, but for two and a half quarters in week three, the first two quarters and into the third, it looked like it was finally starting to click in the past game. It looked like it was finally starting to click for Matt Jones because you saw him, not only move well in the pocket, which is something we kind of expected, but you saw aggressiveness in the downfield passing game. You saw some velocity into tighter windows from Mac Jones in the passing game. And part of the reason was what's working for them right now is Devontae Parker. And say what you want about Devontae Parker. He kind of is what he is as a receiver. But he and Jones seem to have a very you know, good relationship already, even on some back shoulder throws, which that is tough to build. It takes time to build that. And that seemed to be clicking. But then it's like one of those moments when you know that meme, right? Where, you know, it says like, I'm just, you know, like a contestant on the prices, right? Turning the dial and looking back <laughs> to the crowd for advice. That's kind of how I felt Matt Jones was. He's like, Oh, this is, this is working with Parker. Huh? Yeah. You guys want me to keep doing that? All right. I'll keep doing it. And then he just forced two throws in his direction, both of which got intercepted. And you can see the offense sort of start to crumble from there. Conceptually, what are they doing in the passing game? Well, beyond some of these throws to the boundary, you know, it's a lot of crossers, a lot of play action, a lot of stuff underneath. But there's still a desire to see more play action, more RPOs to get Mac Jones back to where he was at Alabama, which is, you know, using RPOs, leading into RPOs, leading into the play action game. You know, he had. I think the most RPO throws the year he came out, or at least top five, same with play action stuff. They want to see more of that. Patriots fans want to see more of that in the passing game. Maybe we'll see it increase as the year goes along. Maybe we won't, but that's 
it's in terms of it working, what's working is some of the stuff they're doing to the outside, some of the shot plays, some of the play action stuff that they're doing, but Patriot fans want to see more RPO and play action stuff incorporated into this offense. And that's that's not Bailey Zappi's game. That that's definitely more of no. Mac Jones. Yeah. We're talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation here. Uh this is Jeff Risen from Lions Wire, sitting in for huge today. Uh, I want to talk about their defense a little bit. Uh, they just signed Jamie Collins, and I don't know if it's to the practice squad or the active roster, but it sure sounds like he's going to play. Uh is is James what's left of Jamie Collins? Is that really something that can help the the Patriots defense? Are they in that dire of a streak? Because when we saw Jamie Collins last, uh, it was not a positive situation here in Detroit. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's it's an interesting move given some of the other you know injuries that they're dealing with. Although I did see in just the last hour, or so Garrett Gilbert apparently is joining the Patriots to the to the practice squad, which. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just making sure that I didn't get you know chapsed here, but yeah, you know, <laughs> Garrett Gilbert. There you go. Um, no, I think what's the, the Jamie Collins piece to this. Yeah, Tom Pelissero, Garrett Gilbert to the practice squad. There you go. Wow. I wasn't making that up, Jeff. Um, former Browns Collins reject Garrett Gilbert. Former Browns. Yeah, there you go. Familiar faces. The Collins thing I think is interesting because one of the things that's working for the Patriots, you know, their defense is playing fairly well. I mean, I, I think if you have the kind of game that they had against, you know, Aaron Rodgers last week in Lambeau Field, you probably would have taken that in most cases because they had the pick six. They, they were able to get some pressure on him. One of the things of working up front, Matthew Judon now has a running mate in Dietrich Wise. He sort of emerged as their consistent presence on the opposite edge. I saw a that this week that said, you know, while the Patriots traditionally rely on rotations up front, no defensive lineman had seen more than 75% of the snaps on a given season. Nobody's had that many since Chandler Jones years ago. Wise was like 82 going into this game. And wow. so they now have guys at Judon and Wise that can both play and win off the edge so they can get pressure. So it's like, well, you're adding Jay to college. You've used them as an edge at times or a blitzer. What are you going to do with them then? I think what they're going to do, they're going to use them in more of an off-ball rule from B-gap to B-gap, partly with an eye to what they're going to see this weekend from Detroit, because one of the things that Detroit has done so well this year is diverse run schemes attacking on the inside as well as the outside. And I think there's a thought right now in New England that they need help between the B-gaps on the off-ball level and that's what they're going to look at, Jamie Collins, perhaps add some depth at. Because, you know, another name, Jelani Tavai, is one of their sort of off-ball linebackers right now. And so I think they're looking to boost the off-ball linebacker position with an eye towards what they might see this weekend. Boy, imagine imagine needing an upgrade over Jelani Tavai. Nobody here in Michigan can, yeah. can think of that at all. Wow. You know, and, it, it, and again, you know, sentences you thought, if you were to tell me that back in the summer, that you would need to add in Jamie Collins as an upgrade over Jelani Tavai. Again, wow. it's like, man, things are going well, aren't they? That's and and that's that's one of the things that we're looking at. You know, this this is a one and three Lions team. They're playing a Patriots team that's one and three, and we're talking about two of the worst acquisitions of the last decade in Detroit being prominent players for a Patriots team. That means you've got to win this one if you're Detroit. And uh, I like you're sitting from afar. What's your perception of how Dan Campbell is is handling this? Um, they have the number one scoring offense and the number thirty two scoring defense. Um, where where is your head at? Is you know is it positive? Is it negative? Is it somewhere in between? It's still largely positive. I mean, I remember telling you over the summer back in August, you know that 
this is a live team that I think is going to remain in a sort of playoff relevant status into the holiday season, which I think they could still do that. You look at what they've done on offense, the, the numbers that they were able to put up last week with them on my St. Brown sideline. It's impressive. Obviously, they have to figure some things out on the defensive side of the ball. I think what helps is you're going to see either a QB2 or a QB3 this weekend. That's certainly some good news, some good fortune if you're a Lions fan, because I don't anticipate Mac Jones being back. I would imagine this is another Hoyer or Zappy game. Maybe it's another Zappy game, depending on Hoyer's status, because he left early with a head injury. So I remain pretty positive about Detroit generally. I still think that this is a team that is moving in the right direction, that believes in their head coach, and you know, wins are going to follow. Whether they follow this week or not obviously remains to be seen, but I remain largely positive about everything. I was just re-watching their offense today from Sunday's game, and it's an impressive unit. Then I see they did the, so know, much the good, Mark. They, the they, they were so good. The, <laughs> the defensive side of the ball, then I'm watching Geno Smith just pick them apart, and yes, part of that might have to do with the fact that Geno's having a really good season, but you've got guys running open on big routes. You're going zero blitz, and it's just you're not getting home. And what's the old catchphrase, right? You go zero blitz and don't get home. The other team's band is going to play. You've got nobody, you know, sticking on receivers. Jeff Okuda's played well, um, but, yeah, you've got to figure some stuff out on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, it looks really good, though. And and that's that's what we're all trying to figure out, you know. And this getting a win over New England and Matt Patricia and everything would be such such wind behind the sails, man. I, I oh yeah. Uh, quick, I'll, I'll bug you for it. I know it's early in the week. And you don't know who's going to be the quarterback yet. How much chance do you think the Lions have a win in this game? Oh Put man. You on the spot. I, yeah, I I think they've got a really good chance. I mean, whether it's Hoyer or Zappy. I'd almost give them more than a 50% shot. I'm probably going to pick them to win this game. You know, and, and that's largely because of while New England has done some things well, I do think that when you look at the Lions this year, when you look at the way they're playing right now, when you look at questions that, yes, they might have on the defensive side of the ball, but it's not like a situation where you're, I know this is going to sound so strange to say, but it's not a Seattle offense that we've seen put up points this year. It's a New England offense that, you know, it's a bit more inconsistent. And if you're going to be rolling out there with QB2 or QB3, it's going to be even more inconsistent. I think a lot of the pieces are in place for Detroit to win this game. All right. I like to hear that, Mark. Thanks, Mark. You made my day, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to deliver optimism. This this is why I have you on. Ladies optimism. and gentlemen, Mark Schofield from SB Nation. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. He's one of the smartest people I know. He's also a, a dang good friend and a pretty snazzy dresser, too. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much, buddy. Always a blast, my friend. We'll talk soon, buddy. Yes, we will. I, I love that guy. We have so much fun together. We could sit and talk for three hours, but we 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 got to we got to talk to other people too. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Lions, and I, I do want to get back on the Pistons for a second. Like we're going to get some Pistons basketball tonight. I'm I'm weirdly juiced up for that. So uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this hour and uh, lead into the the uh, pseudo Detroit Lions podcast that we're going to have for uh, the third hour tonight. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Las Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today and take advantage of the BetMGM Rewards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Have you experienced Grand Rapids lately? The city is vibrant, growing, and offers up so much when it comes to entertainment, including two fantastic concert destinations, Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. Just Google Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. You can get a list of the current shows with tickets on sale. Also, DeVos Place is the go-to show and convention destination on the west side of the state. And if you want to experience GR, go to experiencegr.com and plan your getaway to Grand Rapids and West Michigan. And speaking of West Michigan, I do want to salute the West Michigan Sports Commission for their journey on bringing Grand Rapids major sporting events and building a brand that's big not only on the west side of the state, in the state of Michigan, but across America. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. As much as I'd like to let Tool just keep playing, this is a sports show, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Huge Show across Michigan. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for Huge. He's out uh, today. Got... uh, Another hour going on with me. Uh, we'll talk some more Lions. We're going to uh, very special guest next hour. Um, I am officially the the Lions Wires uh, managing editor, but I also on the side do the Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, I, I'm the co-host once a week with uh, my good friend Chris, and he'll be joining us in the next hour for a couple of segments. We're going to basically give you a little taste of what we do on a weekly basis, uh, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, a lot of a lot, of, a lot of good Lions talk. We see things a little bit differently, so we'll we'll have some good discussion on that. 
But uh, before we get into that, I again, the Pistons tip off tonight. The preseason, NBA preseason is upon us, folks. And tonight is our first look. You get to see Jaden Ivey in a Pistons uniform. They're playing the Knicks tonight in New York. Uh, even if you're not a Knicks or if you're not a Pistons fan, you can root against the Knicks. That's a really easy sell, folks. I mean, who likes the who who? You either like the Knicks or you absolutely despise them. And by the way, if you bet the under on the Knicks, thirty-two of the last thirty-five years they've gone under their projected win totals. Just keep that in mind. But I'm excited. Jaden Ivey tonight, Kate Cunningham. You can see Jalen Duran. I expect to see a lot of the rookie tonight. Look, that guy's fun. Uh, I actually saw him a couple seasons ago uh, down at the EYBL. My son was down there playing uh, with with Bates Fundamentals, and I saw Jalen uh, racking things up. So I'm excited to see him uh, and how he does in his debut against, against, against NBA players. Man, it's 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 a big jump for him. But uh, you know, there's a lot to like about this Pistons team. There's they're going to be a fun team. I don't I don't know how much they're going to win this year. Um, they're going to be they're going to win more than last year, and this is a team that could potentially sneak into seven or eight seed in the East. The East is sort of you know turning around, but uh, it, it's going to be fun, man. And I, I'm I am looking forward to watching it. I will have that game on uh, at home tonight. Uh, you can check that out. I believe it's on TNT. You can probably get it on the NBA app as well. But there, there's just so much to like about the Pistons. A lot of positive energy. The way Troy Weaver is building that team. If you're a Pistons fan, you got to be excited about what's coming. Um, and, and like they have leapt well ahead of where the Tigers are in their rebuild. Uh, and uh, the, based on where the Lions are at right now uh, with their, their one and three record, that they, they could jump ahead of that too. So we'll get to that. But when we come back, we're going to talk talk to my good friend Chris, and we're going to have a little uh, impromptu Detroit Lions podcast on the air here. Thanks for joining in, folks. Bad. Huge. 